Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. God bless you all this morning. And again, happy Valentine's Day. I want to take time to, first of all, wish the first lady in my life, my mom, and just wish my mom a happy Valentine's Day. I know dad's not here to get you the roses, to send you the flowers, but I already took care of that. I want you to know I will never forget you on Valentine's Day, Mom. You're loved. And to my beautiful wife, I love you. I want you, and I need you. Uh, I'm nothing without you. And to my girls, Jazz and Jacqueline, I love you, babe. You guys know how much Daddy loves you, and I will always show you the way a man should always treat a young lady. And so never settle for anything less than that. And to Kyrie, I will always set an example for you on how to be a man and how he should treat a young lady as well. I want to wish happy Valentine's Day to you all. And I also want to say congratulations to Mark and Danielle, uh, who gave birth this past week, actually about a week and a half ago, to Gianna Marie Rose. And uh, we are so excited for big sister Olivia as well. We want to let you guys know how much we love you and how we are celebrating. Also, we want to just congratulate our very own, uh, you know, Randy and Veronica Lapisi, who just gave birth. I want to make sure I get her name right. Uh, Amalia Rose Lapisi. And I I don't know if I I pronounced that correctly, um, but we just want to let you know how much we are celebrating right now the birth of your baby girl. I know that God has great things in store for her. And so CWC is growing, whether through kids, there is an anointing of children coming along. So if you're expecting a child or want a child, let's believe God to just bless you at this moment, amen. It's Valentine's Day, what better day to have a baby, amen. So let's get into the word this morning. You know, I I believe it, except for those of you that aren't married, let's let's not go there, all right? But I, this morning, we, are, we started a series of messages called Arise and Build. And I want you to know that th- this man by the name of Nehemiah, whose name means the Lord comforts or God comforts, is, finds himself in a situation where in 587 B.C., because of their disobedience to God, God ends up sending the children of Israel into bondage. And because of their idolatry, God gets to the point where he sends them into into bondage from the nation of Babylon. After being there for 70 years, God releases them by the nation of the, the Medes and the Persians rise up. And they release the children of Israel to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple, rebuild the walls, and restored what? what Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians destroyed. And as they get there, because they're released and there's no leadership, there's no organization, they end up failing miserably. So every day as they walk out of their houses, they see the rubble of the walls that used to stand with so much pride. The gates that used to protect them are now burnt with fire. The temple that, they, that was so beautiful that Solomon built is now destroyed and lays in rubble and ashes as well. Have you ever found yourself looking back at what was so good now is destroyed? You look at your marriage that used to be so strong and it lays in rubble. Your family that used to be together is now dissipated and spread out. I want you to know that Nehemiah 
found himself in this situation and he hears about the condition of his loved ones in Jerusalem. He's about a thousand miles away in a foreign country raised as a slave in a different land and he hears about their condition and the Bible says that he is so bothered by what's going on that he can no longer be okay while others are not okay. I want to read with you right now in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1. It said, I had never been sad. Everyone say sad. So, you know, th this season has brought some people to become very sad. People that used to be joyful. People that had so much energy in life. This season of COVID has st stolen your energy from you. He says, I've never been sad because he was good at his job in the presence of the king before. And so the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This could only be nothing but sadness of the heart. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, I, I want to I challenge you this morning. Last week I told you there were three kinds of people. There are those that are survivors. Those were the remnant that were left over in Jerusalem. They're the overcomers like Nehemiah that was able to still move on and be successful in spite of the challenges that were going on. And then we have those that we called the transformers. Those are those individuals that had the ability to bring a transformation and share their success with other individuals. Today, I want you to see Nehemiah is sad. He's saddened because of what he hears going on in Jerusalem. He notices that there, there, there's, there, there's an issue that was going on and it causes a burden in Nehemiah's heart. So much so that the king that Nehemiah worked for noticed that he was sad. Now, I need you to understand, as a cupbearer to the king, you never showed up sad in the king's presence because you're the one that tasted the wine you're the one that tasted the food if you showed up sad in the king's presence there could be a plot on the king's life and you knew that you were going to die as a result of it so you always had to put your personal issues aside when you walked into the presence of the king I need you to understand that we serve a king that doesn't want you to hide the struggles that you go through he is able to handle whatever you face God doesn't want you to fake it till you make it he wants to, to bring all your junk, all your sorrow, all your burdens into the presence of God. And our God wants to meet your needs. Somebody say amen. amen. The king noticed that there was something wrong with Nehemiah. He noticed that there was an issue going on. You see, Nehemiah has a burden. Everyone say burden. burden. Those of you at home say burden. I want you to understand he has a burden. What bothers you? Not who bothers you. What bothers you? What things weigh upon your heart? What things keep you up at night? When you're driving down the street, what weighs on your behalf? What injustices have you seen? What needs have kept you up at night? What things that you see someone hurting? When you see an abused individual, someone that's neglected, when you have a burden that disturbs you, what upsets you? You see, we live in a time where no one wants to be upset. No one wants to be bothered. We're so focused in on what we're going through, we can't make a difference in anyone else's life. But Nehemiah is bothered. He's moved. What makes your blood boil? 
What stirs your heart? What gets you to the point where you can't be okay with just being okay? Nehemiah is in this point. I need you to understand that the burden you often bear reveals the calling, your calling that you'll embrace. That the burden that you bear today literally has the calling that you'll embrace. We have Pastor T who plays the drums and she's always spoke about her passion for the next generation. And after she had her children, she left being a youth pastor here to go work with at-risk youth. She is still youth pastor. She is still touching lives. But her life is now outside of the walls of the church. What made her blood boil was seeing young people lost. And so now she's making a difference. Somebody say amen. The burden you bear will often reveal the calling you'll embrace. So we came to the east side of San Jose because we had a burden. We would come with my team every Thursday night and we would pray over the city. We would pray over the valley of San Jose. We would get together and we would pray and then we'd come on Saturdays with trucks full of people and we would mow lawns, we would clean neighborhoods, we would sweep the streets and we would pray for people door to door. Why? Because we had a burden. I would have much rather slept in on a Saturday night, on a Saturday morning. But what got us up is that we had a passion. And the king asked Nehemiah a question. In fact, he asked him three questions that changed his destiny. The first thing he asked him, why are you so sad? You see, until we identify the root of the problem, we'll never fix the problem. Then he asked him this, what, what do you want? What is it you need from me? How can I help you? What do you need from me? And then the third question is he asked, how long will it take? See, I need you to understand is that he wants to know the why, the what, and the how. I want to know why you're going through what you're going through. I want to know what you need from me. And I want to know how it's going to get taken care of. You see, I am firmly convinced of this. Many of us have feelings that we're going through. We're overwhelmed by the crises around us. But I need you to understand we must deal with the root cause. Come on, somebody. See, modern medicine will give you medications to cover your symptoms. But it won't heal the issue. They'll give you something to go to sleep. They'll give you something to give you energy. They'll give you something to abort a baby. They'll give you something to meet the anxiety. But they'll never give you something that will give you love. They'll never give you something that will replace the loneliness. They'll never give you something that will give you rest. See, we got to identify what the problem is. See, I need you to understand, Nehemiah was sad. Everyone say sad. See, you're not ruled by your emotions, but your emotions are a great reflection of our condition. They let us know. They're like, they're, they're, they're like road maps. They, they give us road signs as to what's going on. Nehemiah had to deal with the root problem. Nehemiah, why are you sad? CWC Bay Area, why are you sad? You're sad about your marriage. You're sad about kids. You're sad about homelessness. You're sad about drug addiction. What moves you? What is it that keeps you up at night? And if nothing keeps you up at night, then we got a bigger issue. Because we got to care for something more than just ourselves. You see, this morning, I need you to understand it's time to arise and build. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them, arise and build. 
If that means arise and build your marriage, arise and build your character, arise and build your faith, arise and build your hope, you got to arise and build something. I need you to recognize Nehemiah did not have a position, but he did have a passion. And many of you are thinking, I don't, I'm not a pastor, I, I'm not an not a, a evangelist, I'm not an apostle, I, I'm not even a minister, I, you know, I'm not a teacher. You do not need a title in order to make a difference. All you need is a passion. Come on, somebody. This burden changed his demeanor. He was usually happy, but what was he was going through at this moment when he heard about them being downcast and, and, and messed up, it hurt him. He couldn't be okay while they were not okay. See, I need you to understand there's a difference between having a burden and having a vision. You see, a burden will bury you. A burden will hold you back. A burden makes you tired and weary. Many of you have burdens right now. You are burdened by the condition of this world. You're burdened about your finances, your marriage, your kids, your city, your community. You are burdened about many things, but burden will make you hopeless. It'll make you see what is. Burdens will make you look at the rubble and the opposition. But when you're able to take the burden that God gave to you and turn it into a vision. Now that very thing that buried you will lift you. It will push you forward. It will energize you and drive you. It'll give you hope. It gives you what could be and what should be. What am I telling you? Is that when you have a vision, a burden will hold you back. A, a vision gets you out of bed and says, I have a vision. I have a dream. I have a purpose to get out of bed this morning. Someone say amen. Burden sees opposition while vision sees opportunity. You see, Andy Stanley said this, that vision is the ability to see what could be and what should be. Let me say that again. The ability to see what could be and what should be. You have the ability. I need you to understand that vision does not ignore what's now. But it has the ability to see what's next. Come on, let, let me say that again. Vision does not ignore what's in the now. But it has the ability to look at what's next. It doesn't ignore your current situation. It doesn't, it doesn't remove what you're going through in this moment, but it gives you the ability to see beyond. You see, many of you, you see debt, you see sickness, you see hopelessness, you see addiction, but I want you to know that's burden. When you turn it into vision, now you see freedom, you see liberty, and you see breakthrough. You're no longer held by the rubble of life. Where you see, where others see rubble, you see a wall. Where others see burnt gates of fire. You see gates that have been restored. Others see your marriage falling apart. You see it put back together. Others see you addicted. Others, you see yourself in freedom. That's the difference between burden and vision. Come on. Rubble comes in many forms. See, you might have a great business, but you're failing at marriage. Come on, somebody. You may be physically well, but spiritually anemic. You might be financially blessed, but, but morally bankrupt. You find yourself where you're good in one aspect of life, but you're falling apart in the other. Nehemiah was doing great, had a great job, until he heard about what was taking place a thousand miles away, and he knew he had to do something. 
You see, burden becomes vision. Burden becomes vision. Listen carefully to me. Burden becomes vision when you take the burden and you give it to God. Come on, let me say that again. Burden becomes vision when you take what keeps you up at night, what you care about, and you give it back to God. You don't need to carry that on your own. You can't handle that on your own. How does he do that? Let me share with you very quickly three things that he does. Number one, he seeks God faithfully. You see, the moment he gets the burden, he goes straight to God. Over 12 prayers we see Nehemiah go through when he's going through this season. He takes it to God before he takes it to anyone else. I'm here to tell you, you got to stop telling your your family and your friends about your marital problems. You got to stop complaining to other individuals that can't help you to get through that struggle. I'm here to tell you right now that if you have a need, take it to God. Prayer is not the least you can do. Prayer is the most you can do. There is nothing better than you can do than to take your burden and lay it at the feet of the the Father. You see, in those days, you were not allowed to go before a king of Eastern culture and bring him burdens. You were supposed to protect him from burdens. I thank God that we serve a king that says, bring your burdens unto me. Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I want you to notice, he says, I had not been sad. Again, he was good at his job in the presence of the king before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you're not ill? He says, what's wrong? You see, this earthly king cared enough to ask, what's wrong? You have a God in heaven that loves you so much that he's asking you right now, what's wrong? What do you need? What do you want? You have a king who loves you this morning. Verse 3, he says, and I was very much afraid. You see, it wasn't easy to be in that situation. Verse 3, he says, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city of my ancestors are buried, uh, lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire? How can I be happy when everyone else is miserable? You see, we live in a world today where people are cool with that. As long as that problem doesn't touch me, I'm good. As long as that homelessness stays on on their side and I live in a gated community, everything's cool. As long as that struggle doesn't affect me, that addiction doesn't mess with me, everything's fine. You see, if it doesn't touch me, then it doesn't bother me. But see, we need to be bothered once again. If we're going to make a change in this world, we have to be burdened. We have to be bothered by some things once once again. Verse 4, he says this, the king said to him, What do you want from me? What do you want me to do? You see, this was his defining moment. Like blind Bartimaeus sitting on the roadside of Jericho and Jesus is walking by. Jesus says, bring him unto me. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do? I'm here to tell you, you got a king that's saying, what do you want from me? How can I help you? How can I meet your need? How can I help you make a breakthrough? You got to stop carrying that burden on your own and take it directly to the Lord. Luke 11, 9 says, I say this unto you, ask and it will be given, seek and you will find, knock and it will be open. You see, what do you want? What do you need? What is it you're asking for today? You see, I want you to understand that you can rebuild a nation, a family, a marriage when you have the right answer to that question. What do you need? What do you need from God today? See, many times we don't know, so we don't ask. See, 
When it comes to prayer, there's nothing too big for God's power or too small for God's heart. Prayer is the most that we can do. He took burden to vision. First thing, he prayed faithfully. Everyone say prayed faithfully. Number two, I want you to see, he defined the vision clearly. So I'm convinced of this. For most people, it's not a lack of caring. It's a lack of clarity. It's not a lack of caring. Many people care. You care about your marriage. You just don't have clarity about how to fix it. You, you love your family. You just don't have clarity about how to take the steps to bring about healing in their lives. You see, I want you to understand, I know you care for your family, for your community, for your church, for, for the people around you. It's no clarity. How can I help? How can I put these things to use? The king was asking Nehemiah this, what are the details? You want to help? How are you going to help? How can you make a difference? He says, what can I do? The king was offering his resources, his influence, and his authority to help solve the problem. I'm here to tell you right now that your king of kings, lord of lords, is asking you, how can I help you? Help meet that need. Get that breakthrough. I want you to know I want to bring all of heaven's resources together to meet your need today. You are not alone. Somebody say amen. Verse 4, he says this, if it pleases the king. So the king's literally saying, I want to add my name to your mission. We pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight. Nehemiah had an answer. He was prepared for this moment. Let him send me to the city in Judea where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Oh, I need you to capture this this morning. He says, send me to Judea so I can rebuild it. Send me to Judah. I'm the one that can rebuild those walls. I'm the one that can remove the reproach. I'm going to get there and I'm going to put the gates back up. We're no longer going to be the laughing stock of the people around us, but I'm going to rebuild my marriage. I'm going to put my family back together again. I'm going to break this addiction. I'm going to rebuild the walls around my family, my community. I'm not going to walk in reproach anymore. We're going to rebuild. You see, for most people, again, it's not a lack of, of caring. The pr that's our problem. It's a lack of clarity that we're missing. I need you to understand. You want to help kids? That's great. Listen, it bothers you to see what's going on, but which kids are you trying to help? All of them? Which ones are you concerned about? The, the, meeting their basic needs? Uh, can they read? Are they abused? Are they, uh, do they have homes? What is it that you're trying to do? What is the, what's the problem here in America and other countries? You got to identify what the problem you're trying to solve, and you have to have some clarity on how you're going to bring that about. The Bible says in the book of Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2, write the vision down. Make it plain to see that they may read and run with it. We got to be, we got to be specific in what it is that we're asking God to do. What is God leading you to do? Omaha, if you would help me. What's he asking you to do? Become totally debt-free by 2025. Maybe God is calling you right now to help maybe uh, five or ten people break the porn addiction. 
Maybe God's calling you to help end homelessness in your neighborhood. Maybe not the whole world, but maybe you can do it by 2030, get rid of all the homelessness in your neighborhood. Maybe God is calling you to donate $100,000 to CWC Bay Area. That's a, by, before you're 40. That's a great that's a great uh, mission as well. Eradicate homelessness. To, you, to share Jesus with everyone in your class before you graduate. There has to be some, some, some deadline. There has to be some, some detail to what it is that you're asking God. He says this, send me to Judah so I can rebuild the city. He's saying this, I can make a difference. I can make a change. Just give me a chance. Put me in, coach. Get me off the bench. Send me down there. I tell you this, I'll get it done and then I'll come back. But let me get there. I can rebuild the city. You see, if you can't define it, you can't do it. If you can't define it, you want to lose weight? You got to define it. You want to get out of debt? You got to define it. You're trying, you're trying to build a business? You got to define it. Trying to grow closer to God? You got to define it. Things don't happen by accident. So I need you to understand, burden division happens when we seek God faithfully, when we define the vision clearly, and lastly, as I close, when we make plans carefully. See, a goal without a plan is just a wish. And we start every year off with a wish. I want to buy a house this year, but we're not making any financial choices to get there. I, I want to get my marriage strong, but you're not involved with any other couples that are helping you along that road. See, without a plan, you just have a wish this morning. Verse 6, he says, then the, king's, then the king with the queen sitting next to him asked me, how long will your journey take and when will you come back? And it pleased the king to send me. So I set a time. You got to set a time. Oh, come on. Say it again, Pastor. You, you got to set a time. You know what? None of this another year going by and you're, you're still in the same position that you were in last year. Don't let another year, another month, another day, another second go by and stay the same. You have to put a deadline. You got to put a date on that thing. You got to believe right now. The plan doesn't have to be perfect. All you have to do is just do the right thing in the next moment. What am I telling you today? Just win the moment. I've talked to people trying to break drug addiction, pornography addiction, or, or trying to get out of debt. And they're like, I can't see myself doing this for the next 10 years. And I've asked them this, can you just win the next moment? Just make a good decision in the next moment. Can you just make a choice to do the right thing? Can you win the moment? Not a lifetime, just the moment. Because if you can make the right decision for your marriage in the next moment, for your kids in the next moment, all of a sudden, you start putting a string of victories together. You got to stop trying to determine what you want to do and start determining who you want to become. All our goals are always focusing on doing certain things instead of being a certain person. If I want to be a better dad, then I'll do what good dads do. If I want to be a man of God, then I'm going to do what men of God do. You see, when you put doing in front of being, you end up in trouble. 
because your willpower can only carry you for a certain amount of time. So I'm here to tell you, stop trying to do things and start being who God called you to be. As I close this morning, I need you to understand that success isn't when you accomplish the goal. Nehemiah wasn't successful when the walls went up and the gates were rebuilt. He was successful the moment he left comfort for purpose. The moment he was ready to walk away from the cush life of being a cupbearer to the king and put himself through the battles of rebuilding a wall. He wasn't a contractor. You might be looking at your qualifications and saying, I'm not qualified to do this. You don't have to be qualified. You and God are qualified. It's all you need. So what am I talking about? Burden division. Daniel Martinez, 15 years of sobriety celebrated yesterday. Man, what a great, great victory. Daniel, we, man, we applaud you this morning. What, what a great, I'm so proud of you. You didn't just take that sobriety and then just pocket it. You took it and made a difference in young people's at-risk youth's lives. That's what you do. Burden to vision, that's Philip Rodriguez by spending years in prison, living that life and making a decision that I want to make a difference in young people's lives. Homes, homes of a loving father, Chaplain John, who went through years over, over, as he said, over 15 different programs he went through and failed and finally determined and made a decision to get right. He opened a place where other individuals that had failed at other places could now gain victory. When I look Look at a Ruben Resendez who was on food stamps and now is a multi-millionaire running a business. He made a decision to break the, the chains of poverty for his children. I want you to understand today, Lion Star, when I look at Mario and Lisa Bayona, that you, you're coming from Mexico and seeing the things that you did, Mario, to create this, this financial empire, not to leave a family behind. I look at Mel and Murph Stewart who are $250,000 in debt and made a decision not only to get healthy, but to get out of debt. And literally within five years, they were debt free. Man, we celebrate you guys today. But not only did you celebrate that debt free, you begin to share that story with others to inspire them to be set free as well. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Pastor Kat. She has her hands into everything. Pastor Kat, you shirt business, prayer, deliverance, all these things. And now be not silent. Your passion, what kept you up at night were children being sex trafficking. And you start an organization called Be Not Silent to be a voice for those whose voices have been silenced. Got a question for you. Who's next? What burden do you have that needs to become a vision? What weight are you carrying that is driving you, that is, that, that is burying you, that is weighing you down, that you need to give to God today? So instead of it burying you, it drives you. It pushes you. Someone else's hope is connected to your burden. I said someone else's hope is connected to your burden. You know, I'm, I'm just not ready for it, Pastor. I'm comfortable right now. Forget your comfort. 
start looking at making a difference in someone's life. There's no accident that God wired you the way you did. What moves you? What bothers you? How can you make a difference? Seek God faithfully. Define your vision clearly. Make plans carefully. Because what upsets you can change the world. Bow your heads with me this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for bothering us. Lord, I thank you this morning. I thank you for the sleepless nights that created CWC Bay Area. I thank you, my God, for the, the, the experiences that we've gone through that don't have to be wasted today. Lord, I pray for everyone listening to us right now online. I speak to you in Jesus' name. Those things that have been bothering you, that have been burdening, that have been a burden over you, that you've been carrying for years, God has been asking, give it to me. Hand it to me. Give me your burdens and I'll give you a vision in return. Give me what you care about, what bothers you, what moves you, and I'll give it back to you to change the world. You look at it as a burden, as a weight, but I'll give it back to you and it'll become the very thing that you become known for. I gave you that burden, God says. I gave you that struggle. I gave it to you because I knew you had the ability to make a difference in this world. You are my Nehemiah to rebuild the walls of America. You're my Nehemiah to rebuild the walls of San Jose and Milpitas. You are the one that God is calling. Right now, heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe you're here and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you just have been feeling recently, there's some of you that have literally been feeling like suicide by giving up. Because the burdens you're carrying have been so great, you're saying, God, I can't do this anymore. You were never meant to carry that burden alone. That's why Jesus said, behold, I will send a comforter to you, Holy Spirit. Right where you are, if you would just simply surrender to the Holy Spirit this morning. Say this with me, Heavenly Father, I receive you now as Lord and Savior. I'm tired of carrying these burdens, and I give it to you. I hand what bothers me back to you. And Lord, I know that you'll give it back to me when I'm ready and turn it into a vision, a passion, a destiny. So, Lord, I make a choice today to follow Jesus. Lord, I turn my back on my old life. And in this moment, I make a choice to follow Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to text the word ALIVE to 408 340-7703. Text the word ALIVE to the number on your screen, 408-340-7703. And we'll have someone reach out to you and help you in this new walk in Christ. And for those of you online right now, I want you just to write down the things that burden you. Type it in in the, the chat section. We want to pray with you. We want to come into agreement with you. Because your burden shouldn't just be a burden. It should become your destiny. 
So, Father, I pray as we close this morning, your grace over every heart, every mind, every person listening in in this moment. Lord, I ask right now that you would take that burden and turn it into a vision. Let us seek you faithfully. Let us know, my God, that you're in control, that you never give us burdens to carry on our own, but to give back to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says amen and amen. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.